Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? A few days ago, I put out my first set of 2022 positional rankings. So I went through my top 12 running backs. And so today it's time to go through my top 12 wide receivers. And while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and then subscribe to the channel if you are not already subscribed. But let's honestly just jump right into it. Starting off here at the top, at number one, I have Cooper Cup. He was the pretty clear wide receiver one from the 2021 season. He actually averaged 4.4 more points per game than Devontae Adams, who was number two on a points per game basis. He was number one in targets, receptions, target share, red zone targets, receiving yards, yards after the catch, and touchdowns at the wide receiver position. So just dominant all across the board. And he should be in a fairly similar situation in 2022. You know, we'll see what happens with Odell Beckham. Maybe they re-sign him. Maybe they don't. I would expect Robert Woods, you know, to be back there after that ACL injury. But if we remember early in the season, Cooper Cup was just as dominant as he was down the stretch. And so I think, you know, barring any major changes, he should have a solid chance to repeat as the wide receiver one or just finish up there, you know, in the top five. Now at number two, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. And he followed up his historic rookie season with an even more impressive sophomore year. He finished as the wide receiver four in points per game. He was number one in air yards, number one in air yard share, and number one in deep targets. And then he was number four in targets and receptions, and then number three in target share. So another really impressive, you know, numbers all across the board. And if Kirk Cousins stays with the Vikings, I think that would definitely be his best case scenario. I do think there's a decent chance they move on from him, and that could kind of shake these rankings up a little bit, because I don't know if you're going to have an upgrade at quarterback over Kirk Cousins. You know, he's not a top-tier guy, but he's definitely at least league average and can support his weapons. So, you know, if they move away from Kirk, go to a younger, you know, less experienced option, that could definitely drop Justin Jefferson a few slots, especially because the wide receiver position is pretty stacked. At number three, I have Devontae Adams. He was the number one wide receiver in 2020 and then finished as the number two wide receiver in 2021. And here's the thing. If both Rodgers and Devontae Adams both return to the Packers, I think Adams would be a top two wide receiver. He would be ahead of Justin Jefferson no matter what happens. And you could probably make an argument between Adams and Cup. I would favor Cup, but you know I don't think you'd be crazy to go with Devontae Adams at number one. But, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty here if Aaron Rodgers leaves because it's very likely the Packers are going to franchise tag Devontae Adams. So I would expect him to stay with the Packers. But the thing is, if Rodgers is gone, this is a drastically worse situation. I think it's very, very unlikely, you know, he finds a better situation than the one he has in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, if A-Rod leaves, he gets a new quarterback. He would definitely still be a solid wide receiver one but I just don't think he would have the ceiling of being like a top five guy. And I would have to put players like Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and probably even a guy like Debo Samuel over Devontae heading into 2022. At number four, I have Tyreek Hill, and he kind of had a slightly underwhelming fantasy season. You know, he finished as the wide receiver six in points per game, but he was being drafted as like the number two wide receiver overall, but he just kind of struggled to put together consistent numbers on a week to week basis. He didn't have a very high weekly floor, but he definitely still showed that massive weekly ceiling 
with some huge boom games. You know, going into 2022, he's going to be attached to one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL, playing alongside one of the best NFL quarterbacks. So I still think, you know, he has a great shot to be a high-end wide receiver one next season. Moving on to number five, I have Jamar Chase, and he actually finished as the wide receiver five in points per game as a rookie, which is just crazy, crazy impressive. And this past season, Jamar Chase was very, very efficient, you know, without receiving an elite level target share. He was 17th in the NFL in targets and 23rd in target share. So normally to be like a top five guy, you probably want to be like top 10 in target share, at least like top 15. Jamar Chase was 23rd and still balled out because he still managed to finish with the fourth most receiving yards, fourth most completed air yards, and fifth most yards after the catch, while also getting into the end zone 13 times. So that kind of points to that efficiency there. And you know, that efficiency may decrease going into 2022. It may be, you know, slightly unsustainable, but I also think you can expect a jump from him, you know, as a player and just in terms of his overall target share going into year two. I do think the Bengals could kind of expand, you know, their pass attempts per game, which is something I'll get to later on in this list. At number six, I've got Debo Samuel, definitely just one of the most fun players to watch this past season. He finished as the third best wide receiver in points per game, and he really just got it done in the air and on the ground, production from all over the place. He caught 77 passes for 1,405 receiving yards and six receiving touchdowns. So that right there is a very, very solid stat line, but he just totally added to that on the ground. He had 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. I think going into 2022, we could see a slight decrease in his overall touches, especially out of the backfield, just because with Trey Lance taking over, you know, they may run more QB runs, QB design plays for Trey Lance, but I still think he should be a very solid wide receiver one next season. At number seven, I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs, who I think overall had a fairly disappointing 2021 season. I think a lot of people viewed him as a top three wide receiver heading into the season. He finished as the wide receiver 10 in points per game. So still a wide receiver one, just didn't have that top tier finish that I think a lot of people were counting on, but he still put together a very well-rounded season. Number five in targets, number eight in receptions, number seven in receiving yards, and number seven in touchdowns. So top 10 in all of those important categories, just didn't have that elite, elite, you know, high level weekly ceiling. But going into 2021, he's still going to be the alpha wide receiver on a top tier passing attack with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Josh Allen. So I'd feel very confident with Stephon Diggs as like a mid-tier wide receiver one play. Then at number eight, I've got Deontay Johnson, and he just continues to develop and improve as a wide receiver year after year. He finished as the wide receiver nine in points per game, despite dealing with just absolutely horrible quarterback play. This offense only threw for 4,014 yards and 23 touchdowns. That yardage number isn't horrible. The touchdowns are definitely low. And you know, you could definitely make an argument that Deontay Johnson benefited, you know, from the number of pass attempts the Steelers had per game because he did have the second most targets in the NFL. But his overall ceiling was just totally zapped by Big Ben. Deontay Johnson is not just like a short wide receiver, you know, in terms of yardage. Like he's not just one of these five yard slant guys, and that's the only thing he can do. He is very well rounded. The problem is just that Big Ben could not push the ball down the field. So he was limited to that quick, short passing attack. 
and he obviously thrived, but he could do much more if he had a much better quarterback. I feel like he's one of the only players who almost gets zinged for having bad quarterback play. It's like people think somehow Big Ben is making Deontay Johnson. That could not be farther from the truth. Big Ben is greatly holding him back. So I'm not really sure how much of an upgrade they can get at quarterback this offseason. You know, maybe they bring in a veteran. Maybe they draft someone. I just don't really think he can get much worse than it was last year. And he's already proven he could be a wide receiver one with very little help around him. So I think, you know, a mid to back end wide receiver one ranking is actually pretty fair for Deontay Johnson. Moving on to AJ Brown, who I have coming in as my wide receiver nine. After Brown put together an elite 2020 season, he definitely took a step back in 2021. And I think a lot of people were expecting him to take a huge jump from that 2020 season. It just did not happen. He finished 28th in points per game. So definitely a letdown. But personally, I'm just going to be buying back in to A.J. Brown's talent and his overall ceiling, first on a week-to-week basis, but also just overall for an entire season. And I'm kind of just going to chalk it up to a very dysfunctional Titans offense. Somehow they ended up getting the one seed, but there were problems all over the place. Derrick Henry missed like half of the regular season. Ryan Tannehill greatly regressed. Julio was in and out of the lineup the entire year and didn't produce when he did play. A.J. Brown missed four games. You know, so he was also dealing with injuries, but he still managed to have a really solid 27% target share, which shows he is going to be the focal point of this offense. And he did show some huge boom weeks. So I definitely think AJ Brown can rebound in 2022. Now to finish out the top 10, I have Mike Evans. And I have Mike Evans here assuming that Tom Brady is going to be back. If Brady's gone, I mean, we need to reevaluate this whole offense. You know, because I mean, it could be a wide spectrum of quarterbacks. They could go out, acquire an elite veteran, or you could be rolling with Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert or someone on that level. So there's just such a wide range here. I'm just going to assume that Brady is back. Hopefully we get to see him out there for at least one more season. But when Tom Brady's on the field, Mike Evans should be locked in as a very solid wide receiver one. Mike Evans has been one of the most reliable wide receivers of all time. When we're looking at you know a year-to-year perspective, he may be a little bit volatile week-to-week, very high ceiling, doesn't have a super established floor, but over a year-to-year basis, Mike Evans has played eight NFL seasons, and he has played at least 13 games every single year. He has at least 1,000 receiving yards every single season, and the lowest number of fantasy points he has produced per game is 13.5 PPR points, so he has scored over that in every single season he has played in. So overall, I just think Mike Evans has a really solid combination of safety, you know, from a year-to-year perspective, and then just a very high ceiling because we know he can put up those huge yardage, huge touchdown seasons. Now at number 11, I hinted to this a little bit earlier, but I have T. Higgins, and going into the 2022 season, I expect Higgins to be one of the most undervalued players. He finished the 2021 season as the wide receiver 13 in points per game. He definitely started slow, but absolutely tore it up towards the end of the season. And you're looking at that wide receiver 13 finish. He did that while only scoring six touchdowns in 14 games. So he actually got fairly unlucky in terms of his touchdown production. We know we can get into the end zone. It's not an issue with T. Higgins' talent. Sometimes it's just kind of the way things break, and it didn't break great for him, but I think that is going to make him a value moving forward. I also think the Bengals are going to shift to a more pass-heavy approach, especially if they can shore up that offensive line. I feel like they went pretty run-heavy 
because you don't want to have Joe Burrow standing back there getting killed. He was already one of the most sacked quarterbacks, and that was with them not throwing the ball an absurd amount of times. So if that does happen, I think we could realistically see both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase finish as top 10 fantasy wide receivers, you know, on the overall season or just on a points per game basis. And now we have the final player in the top 12. It is going to be Jalen Waddle. And I do want to give some honorable mentions here. Actually, I think it's like four or five guys, because like I mentioned earlier, the wide receiver position is definitely stacked. First honorable mention goes to Keenan Allen. He should be a borderline wide receiver one. You know, I really liked him going into last year. He performed very well. I just don't know if he has that top tier ceiling like some of the other players on this list. Next up is C.D. Lamb. Kind of disappointed overall. We'll see what happens this offseason, but definitely a very talented wide receiver. Then we've got D.K. Metcalf. What happens with Russell Wilson? If Russ returns, I do think D.K. Metcalf will have a bounce back season, but you know his struggles this year leave him off the initial top 12. And then the final wide receiver is Chris Godwin. And the only reason he is not on this list, you know, assuming Brady returns, is because he is dealing with that ACL tear. So will he be ready by week one? We don't know. But if Brady comes back and Godwin looks like he's full strength to play week one, I will be valuing him as a top 12 wide receiver. But to break down the final player on this list, Jalen Waddell, he finished as the wide receiver 14 in points per game as a rookie. So super, super impressive. He should take another step forward going into 2021. And we'll just kind of see how this Dolphins team expands his usage. And I'm wondering if they'll finally kind of use him down the field. Overall, his ceiling may be a little bit capped playing with Tua unless Tua takes that huge leap. Because we know that Jalen Waddle can win down the field, we know he's a yak monster. But if Tua can't really hit him there, you know, they may just want to use him as a more of a possession guy, which we saw in 2021. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 12 wide receivers. If you guys enjoyed this video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm going to be putting out my top 12 quarterbacks and tight ends next week. So stay tuned for all of that. But thank you guys so much for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.